We're going to read a story here, Luke chapter 16. And actually, you listen to every word. Luke chapter 16, verse number 19. Luke chapter 16, verse number 19. Jesus is speaking, and he says, There was a certain rich man. Jesus knew him. Jesus knew where he lived. Jesus knew of his household. He knew of his brothers. He knew of the setting of his home. He saw a man sitting out in front of his home. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. It's amazing how descriptive Jesus would be about this gentleman. There is a certain rich man, and this man was clothed in purple, may not just be maybe royalty, but of that type of class, and, and very fine linen. He dressed well. He dressed well. Amazing how descriptive Jesus was. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously. That's a great word. This man fared, this man lived, this man enjoyed, not, not just enjoyed like average, this man enjoyed sumptuously. He spared no cost. Uh, he enjoyed himself. He ate what he wanted to eat and went where he wanted to go. And uh, th- this man was amazing because he fared sumptuously, but watch this, every day. Every day. Now, not just a good week, not just a good day, boy, had a little good season in my life. This man fared sumptuously every day. This man had it made. This man had it made. This guy was living high on the hog. This guy, he was just enjoying life, living sumptuously every day. He looked up here for a minute. He never thought about hell. He never thought. About hell. Like most of us. Never been in our mind. Haven't thought about it today. Or this week. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the very crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man died also and was buried. And in hell. That was a major awakening, wasn't it? One second, faring something every day. I mean, just going. Hey, life is bigger than life. Boy, this is everything. And boom, and immediately, immediately, no chance to reconcile. No chance uh, to go back and do it again. No chance to do anything else. But immediately, just like that. And in hell. Ooh. Ooh. 
And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. See, the Abraham afar off and Lazarus in the bosom. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And sin Lazarus, that, that beggar, that, that no good beggar full of sores, have Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. You know, the rich man had nothing to do with Lazarus, did he? I'm sure many times would even bypass, maybe getting around and not want to look at him, just to get into his place and maybe kind of a little upset. Why do you have to do this? And uh, because I, I do well, and you're going to kind of live off this. And so he kind of avoided. Now he's asking for him. Now notice this is a man who fares sumptuously every day. Didn't ask for a drink of water. Didn't ask for a glass of water. Didn't ask for a little smidgen of water. Just uh, take that man Lazarus and let him put the finger in there, just the moist on the tip of the tip of finger. Let him touch my tongue. Amazing how it turned just like that. But Abraham said, Son, remember thou in thy life receivest the good things. And receivest the good things, and likewise Lazarus the evil things, but now he is comforted, thou art tormented. Beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence cannot, and neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send it to my father's house. For I have five brethren that they testify to them that they may not come also into this place of torment. Amazing how mission-minded the gentleman got immediately. He said, my father's house. But go, go witness to my brothers. You didn't say witness to my father. I can't be dogmatic about this. I think mom and dad were saved. Lived well. But just never passed it down to us. So much of our Christianity did not get down to the next generation. And we live high on the hog. We fare sumptuously every day. Until that happened right there. I'm going to tell you the nicest story ever told about the worst place. The nicest story ever told about the worst place was told by Satan. The fact is, ladies and gentlemen, right here, the vast majority of all the people believed it. Can I pray, please, Father in heaven? I pray earnestly for this message. I could just see Jesus teaching this. How earnest he was about it. How intent he was about this place called hell. And he realized most never think about it, ever. Holy Spirit of God, work as no person can work. Would you do something today? Help us, please. For Christ's sake, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated.
Allow me to tell you the account that we just read in Luke 16 and the persona of 2018. I'll help you out. You don't have to take any notes. You can just kind of close that Bible. That's okay. It's just a little story, okay? A man dies. A man dies, and proverbially, as we see these little scenes, he goes to the very gate of heaven, the big pearly gates, and Peter's there. This man's excited. He can't wait to go to heaven. Peter greets the man. He's kind of excited about it. He says, gentlemen, good to have you here today. Welcome, welcome to heaven with God, the angels, and the choirs, and can't wait to have you here. But something changed a little bit, and oh, I don't really like saying this, but before anyone goes to heaven, they have to spend one day in hell. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 it's okay. The devil got mad and all this political correctness, and he thought he got a bad rap about this or that. And so, really, one day, 24 hours, 24 hours, and then you get to make your own decision about, yes, I really do want to go to heaven, or, or, or if you want to choose to go to hell, I guess you make that choice. But just 24 hours, one day, you get to make your own decision. I don't like it, but that's just the rules have changed, and that's the way it is in 2018. And boy, Peter's gone. He's just gone. And here's this man. He says, I've got to go to hell for one day. I've got to go to hell for one day. And the man prepares himself. He gets in that fetal position and he knows all about hell. And he's just, I, I, don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Please, please, please. I don't want to go there. This is going to be the horrible the worst day of my life. But if it's going to all of heaven, I'll get together just one day. God, help me. God, God, God. God, help me. God, help me. God, please, God, get me through this. Oh, God, please help me. Oh, God, please, please, please. And he just screamed and screamed and screamed and screamed. And pretty soon he got tired. And it doesn't, it doesn't smell like hell. It smells like Febreze. Oh, you didn't know I knew that word, huh? <laughs> like, what in the... Look at this carpet. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Hey, this... Oh, this... What is this? What is... Ooh, ooh. And the man steps up. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, here, let me help you up. And the man helps him up. He says, who are you? He goes, I'm I'm Satan. No, no, no. I, I know I don't have the red and the tail and the horns. And I've kind of been horribly misrepresented. But welcome to hell. No, no, no. I'm, I'm looking for the sulfur pits and I'm looking for the, the flames and torment. Because I know I've been horribly misrepresented. So sorry. So just stand up and. I heard you have 24 hours. I, I know the game. So just go ahead and make yourself around. The wet bar's free, and uh, there's a pull-out back, and just, just make yourself a home. And the guy was congenial. The guy had a softness in his handshake. The guy made sure if you need anything, just call the concierge. You're good to go. And Satan walks off. This man is amazed. I've never felt thicker carpet. This, this, this is amazing. I've never breathed like this. Man, I, I feel good. This, this ain't hell. This, no, this, this, this ain't hell. 
He looks around and there's a, the crush for Lord towels and stacks and there's a hot tub and, and a bed as big as, my goodness, look at this. And I can't get over this carpet. And he's just taking all in. He, and he sees that the veranda doors open, the sliding glass is just a beautiful out there. And here's the frivolity and the gaiety outside. And he's just taking this in. This is amazing. I can't believe it. Wow. Wow. So he steps to the sliding doors and looks out and just a beautiful sight. Fresh cut grass. He looks out there and there's this beautiful golf course, manicured. It was amazing. People playing and driving by and he's just looking out there and there's a harbor and some boats out there and a beautiful lake and on out to the bay and this, 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 this is amazing. Taste the air in, and he looks out there and he sees the guy. A guy, no, 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 no. Uh, Ted, Ted Hilbert, uh, Ted. Twenty years ago, Ted, you, you got me in my job. Ted, Ted, how you doing, Ted? Ted was a good guy. Ted, this, this ain't hell. Ted would never go to hell. Hey, Ted, hey, thank you so much. I'm still in my job. Well, I was in my job. Oh, Ted, thank you so much. Ted, man, what memories for Ted? Oh, he had a wonderful family. Ted, what a good guy. He's looking out there. People walking down below and little tables and they're refreshing themselves. And he sees another man down sitting at the table. And he catches his eyes and, and the guy waves to him like this. He goes, no, no, that's my pastor. No, there's something wrong with this whole thing. That's my pastor. Look at him. And he's sitting down with people and he's helping them and he loves them. He was the most sincere guy I ever met in my life. And look at him and he's smiling at me. Look, this has got to be good. Look at this. This is good. This is amazing. This is hell. No. No. The guy walks back in. He says, no, no, no. What in the world? 24 hours. What am I going to do? And he walks back out there. And there's this music playing. And people are starting to gather. But more there's an outside dinner. And people are gathering. He sees the people gathering. And so he wants to go to the dinner. So he steps down the stairs. And beautiful. He walks down that bottom floor. And he's kind of going to the crowd. And, oh, I, yeah, I remember. How you doing? Yeah, good to see you. High school buddy, man. How you doing? Good to see you. And then the crowd kind of opened up. There she was, my wife. She died six years ago. But she looks, she looks like she's 20 years younger. And look at her. Oh, honey, look how beautiful. And she's just had that one look, you know, like, oh, there you are. She kind of tilted her head, and he took that motion and went over there, and she said, I've been waiting for you. I've missed you so much, so much. Can we, can we have dinner together? Boy, she put his arm into his, pulled him close, and, and she went and let loose. Boy, she was gorgeous, just stunning, a knockout lady. And boy, 20 years younger, and all oh, this is, and he just said, this is, the, this is the best day of my life. This is everything. They sat down and had dinner, and it seems like minutes went into hours, and they conversed, and everyone was kind and cordial, and everything was just so good. And late, Dust began to draw in the lateness of the hour. People started to leave, and she held him tight. She goes, would you like to go with me? Oh, oh. She held him tight, and they walked up and had a wonderful, wonderful, passionate night. And he falls asleep. Best day of my life.
only, only, only to be awakened. Oh, Peter, Peter, what Peter? Yes, sir, it's been 24 hours. Oh, yeah, 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 the 24-hour thing. (coughs) 20, oh, wow, I was just, oh, let me me kind of get my thoughts together here. Let me get my thoughts together here. Uh, Who? What, what, sir, what, what is it? I mean, we, we gave you 24 hours, and I, I hate to say it, but you had to visit hell for 24 hours. And I know it's horrible. I know it's wicked. and I know there's no God, and it's forever, but you've you got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision. Either it's hell or it's heaven, and heaven has God, and heaven has praise, and heaven has the choirs and the songs, and, or, or you get to go back to hell. Now, what would you rather do? Um... Uh, Peter, I know this is going to sound totally strange to you, but if that's what hell's like, I think I'd rather go there. Peter's gone. Peter's gone. No, 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 not this time, no, no, what was I thinking? Oh, no, God, oh, my God, God, oh, my God, I'll never get out of here. Y'all want to make that decision, God, what am I doing? Oh, God, help me, oh, God, God, help me. And boy, the flames engulfed him, he couldn't breathe, and he tried to breathe out in his hot smoke and suffering, he knows something's happening, he knows what's going on, oh, God, no, no, God, I don't want to be your God, what did I say? Oh, God, help me, oh, God, help me, oh, God, help me. And the man reaches down his hand. It's the same man, the same man, but he's not nice this time. And he looks around, and he sees the disfigured people, and he sees the tongues all swollen, and he feels the heat, and he goes, he says, oh, no, God, oh, no, God, oh, no. He says, what is this? He goes, it's hell, buddy, it's hell. And that's why everyone told you, just like the preacher preaches, it's hell, and now you're here forever, and you'll never get out. Oh, the nicest story ever told about the worst place was told by Satan. He was deceived. Can I ask you an honest question? Are you deceived? Fair and some just live every day. Doing pretty good. Do you know the apostle Paul named Saul was convinced he was going to heaven too, but he was deceived. Can I tell you about Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, who had no doubt in my mind was convinced in his own thoughts, I am going to heaven but he wasn't. He was deceived. I'm not going to ask you this morning, chapel, if you know or do you doubt, but have you been deceived? Deceived. 
It's amazing how real hell is. Can I just give you the facts quickly about hell? Number one, there is a hell. Mentioned 54 times in the Bible, preached more about Jesus than anyone else. Jesus spoke about it very personally, but Jesus spoke about it very emphatically also. I, I, know what's just, I know that we don't like to hear preaching sometimes, but if you go back to Jesus Christ and he gave these analogies, he said, the eye caused you to offend thyself, to cause you to go place hell, like hell. I, I'd like to have you pluck out your own eye and so you don't die and go to hell. I'd rather have you go through life maimed. He said, if you don't get that point, I'd like to see you cut off your hand if you need to or cut off your foot if you need to. But whatever you do, here's what Jesus Christ is saying, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't die and go to hell. Don't die and go to hell. Jesus Christ was emphatic about it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for what man soweth, that shall also reap. Point number two, hell is a place of flame and torment. We, we don't like talking about that. Well, how can you have flame? How can it be like those flames and be so dark and the bitter and the sulfuric? In 1981, in Chicago University, they found a flame, a torch flame that was sulfuric in the smell and had a black flame, not blue, not yellow, not red. The other day, I was uh, burning a leaf pile and had piles about four foot around, about like this right here. And I remember lighting it up, boy, that flame just engulfed like this right here. And I remember I had to stand away back from here. And um, I remember I tried to get closer to kind of shovel off there. And I remember I couldn't get closer. It just lit up my face. When Jesus talked about the Sea of Flames, he's thinking about the Sea of Galilee and the analogy, and he talked about how many miles wide and how many miles long, and, and that's that vast of all those flames like that. I, I wouldn't be able to stand close to a fame like that. Hell is a real place. Hell is real. Hell has flame. Hell has torment. In fact, more people die and go to hell than heaven. The vast majority. Broad is the way, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. More people die and go to hell than heaven. Most people, for most people, do not believe in hell. Even Christians. No, no, I believe in it. When is the last time a friend of yours, any friend, came up to you and says, sir, first name? Jesse. Jesse? There's a place called hell. It's real. And Jesse, if nothing else, has my friendship to you, don't ever go there. Jesse, whatever you do, don't go there. Have you ever had one person in your life do that? Ever? And we say we believe in hell. Are you serious? Not to be unkind, but have you ever been the one to go to someone else dear to you and say, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't die. The vast majority of the answers is no. 
is known. We're not going to talk about the bad places and we're not going to talk about judgment. We're not definitely going to talk about hell. And that's why the vast majority of all people die and go there. Not because they're bad and not because they're heinous and not because they're wicked. It's simply because they're lost and no one talks to them about it. Can I tell you something else? Most preachers don't believe about it. Oh, we all say we do. Believe in hell, brother rule. I sure I believe in hell. Can I ask you an honest question? When's the last time you heard a message so real about hell that it kind of shook you a little bit? Here we are, the Green Beret of fundamentalism, right? Here we are, the independent fundamental Bible believing Baptist Church of America. Here we are going to save the world. I'm all for that. Can I ask an honest question? How many messages have you heard in your lifetime? About hell. You see, reality points to the fact we really don't believe in it. The two greatest desires of hell is number one, I need relief. I need relief. This man fared sumptuously every single day in a second, just like that. The guy is engulfed and torn in a flame. He's agonized. There's just no horror pain he's ever felt before. And the worst thing about it is there is no hope. I will never, never listen. Never, 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 never get out. There's no hope in hell. We have made hell a nice place. Only deceived people go to hell. Ted Turner, the wealthy man, says, Well, I was drinking a few beers and having a few girlfriends, but calls me to die and go to a place called hell, then so be it. I don't need someone to save my life. There's a wonderful band called ACDC that calls that song Highway to Hell. And they sang in there, my friends will be there and it'll be a party time. No stop signs, no speed limits. It's the highway to hell. I wonder how many young people have heard that highway to hell and highway to hell, highway to hell and party time and fun. Oh, my friend, I'll tell you what, but that's not a true statement. Metallica said this, angel from below, I wish to sell my soul for my future. Red Hot Chili Pepper said in the MTV Awards, uh, I want to first thank my God. My God is Satan. Nicest story ever told about the worst place. It was told by Satan. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And he didn't. I have a friend... Some of you would know him for sure. His name is Bruce Fry. Bruce Fry. And Bruce Fry is one of those guys who got saved out of the world. And he, he's a singer. And most singers I know, not to be judgmental, most singers I know, they do a wonderful job. But they're not the ardent soul winners that maybe somebody, you know, that saved out of the world and became a good soul winner. But Bruce Fry, he is the soul winner extraordinaire. And 
I'm preaching up in some conservation camp, a prison camp, about an hour and 15 minutes away from my home. Brother Bryce was with me. It's one of the first times we're together. So I said, Brother Fry, why don't you come with me, sing some songs, and give a testament. I'll preach that, uh, this, this evening. And I said, we'll have some time together. So Brother Bruce Fry and I went up there. And he sang, gave his testimony. I preached that night. And we had, we had 23 saved that night. Just a, just a sweet story. Bruce's testimony is amazing. We get done, we're driving back down. And Bruce Fry says this. He goes, um, I'd like to be able to preach like you, Brother Rule. And I said, well. I would like to sing like you, Brother Fry. And Brother Fry said, I think I have a better chance preaching like you than you to sing like me. I said, well, thank you very much, Brother Fry. I really appreciate that. And here's where I learned the conversation. And I said, Brother Fry, I've never seen anybody, especially a singer, what happened to you, have more of a devoutness to win souls to Christ. Bruce, what happened? It means, I'll tell you. When I got saved... March 3rd, dim lights, hotel lights, kneeling by my bedside, Bruce Fry trusted Jesus Christ as a Savior. God changed his life. The next day, he had to call all the places and said, look, I'll come and sing, but something happened to me. I got saved. If I come there, I'll, I'll still sing, but I'm not going to sing the other songs you know I'm going to sing. If you want to cancel me, that's fine, but I feel obligated. I need to tell you. Many places did cancel Bruce Fry. Some let him come and sing some different songs. So Brother Fry needed income, and so Joe Lyman was a friend of his in Carthage, North Carolina, and said, Brother Fry, I, I heard a little bit about you, and I heard you need some work, so why don't you come work with me? He's an electrician. And so Brother Fry became to learn how to become an electrician. In the process of time, Brother Fry was getting a little bit better, and they had wire houses, run the Romex, and get everything dispatched, and everything okay. And it's about six months into the job that Joe Lyman was called by the Holiday Inn, a big golfing classic was there, and Holiday Inn had three different wings, and had a, a reception, a, a big uh, um, uh, foyer in the middle, I mean, massive, and, and you had a wing over here, a wing over here, and a wing out this way. The pool was in the middle. It was a massive place, and just first class, and something happened. This whole back wing was out, no air conditioning, and, and that, that's a lot of money, Lou. So they said, hey, you've got to get here now. So Joe Lyman went there. He called Brother Fry. He said, Brother Fry, I want you to come, and... And Brother Fry wants you to come and help me out there. Now, Brother Fry has never worked on anything bigger than a house. And so this is a whole lot different. This is 243 phase. This is big old wires. And so Joe Lyman got them. They took him to the place. This is a 12 by 12 room, electrical room. You've seen them. Got the big gray face panels there. It's got those little breaker switches, things like that. And Brother Joe Lyman got there. And he opened those double doors to walk in that 12 by 12 room. And you can hear it. You can hear it. He just knew, ooh. And so Brother Lyman needed to fix whatever was wrong, so he started to take the front plates off, the silver plates and those gray plates, and he set them aside. Now you can see all the wires coming in, the wires coming up, the wires going out. And then he saw what happened. The condensation of the pool on the other side had got through that wall and just easily, and through the years, deteriorated the back wall, and it had caused a, a short back there. Brother Fry had just arrived. Brother Fry said these words. He goes, Brother Rule, when I came up there, I came to those two doors to walk in there. He goes, I just knew something was wrong. He goes, it was eerie. It, it was eerie. Because I stepped in. It's like I, I could sense something was just wrong. It was just, just eerie. And I saw Joe Lyman up there, and he's taking these face plates off. And I said, Joe, what would you like for me to do? He said, no, no, come over here. I'll show you what happened. He said, the condensation of pool through the years have, have uh, deteriorated this back here. We've got to take this breaker out. And uh, here, I'll, help, I'll show you how to do it. 
These are five alt wires. They're about that big around. And, and you have about four of them coming from the city. And, and then they go out to the whole uh, 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 hotel. And, and he says, look, that's a little set screw right there. You got to loosen that up. Uh, so Bruce got his little tool. And he put it in that set screw. And he had to break it loose. And, and screwed it out like this right here. And then he broke the other one loose. And got backed out. And Bruce just said, it just didn't feel right, Brother Tim. It just is eerie. I didn't like working with it. It just, it just it bothered me. It bothered me. So I got that last screw out and, and he says, okay, now just reach up there and pull that, pull that breaker off. Brother Fry put that last tool in his pocket and he reached up there and he grabbed that large black disc in that breaker as he went to reach for it. He, he, he said, Joe, I just, and Joe said, I'll, I'll get it, Bruce. And Joe stepped in front of Bruce and he grabbed that breaker. And when he grabbed that breaker, those wires those wires arced. Arc. Have you ever seen like this is a flash of electrical, it's just arcs? They call it a microblast. A microblast is over 10,000 degrees. Your body temperature 98.6. Scolding water to raise your skin to be blisters 104. This is not 100, 200. This is 10,000 degrees. All it was is just that way. A microblast. When Joe reached in front of me and grabbed that breaker and that thing arced, just like that there, Bruce Fry, over here on the ground, is awakened by Joe Lyman over there. That blast knocked him clear across the room. He is on the floor over here. Brother Bruce is knocked to his feet. He's over here. They have both been passed out. Don't know how long. Bruce wakes up from the very screams of this man over here. This man over here is screaming, Brother Bruce, Brother Bruce, Brother Bruce, I need help, Brother Bruce, Brother Bruce, Brother Bruce, Brother Bruce, help me, help me, help me, Brother Bruce, Brother Bruce. And he looked at Joe, my lineman, and Joe was literally black from the top of his head, all across his, all the way down, his hands were sinewed. Brother Bruce looked over here, he saw his hands. His hands are also like black and cold, and so Brother Bruce just went like this on his hands, and his skin came off. He looked, at, he looked at Joe Lyman and thought, his face is that way. I want my face is that way. And Joe Lyman reached up and grabbed his face. He started pulling his skin off. He said, Brother Bruce, Brother Bruce, if this is hell, I don't want to go there. If this is hell, I don't want to go there. Oh, Brother Bruce, help me, help me, help me. All oh, the paramedics came, the ambulances came, and they got him in the shot him for morphine. All the way to the hospital. Oh, Brother Bruce, Brother Bruce, I don't want to die and go to hell. If this is hell, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Oh, Brother Bruce, help me. I don't want to go there. Oh, Brother Bruce, help me. Brother Bruce Fry said, I don't want to buy a dying good hell. I don't want to buy a dying good hell. I don't want to buy a dying good hell. You can shake Bruce Fry's hand. You'll see the scars on the back of his hand. If you look closely, you'll see the scars around his face, chin and neck. Where are you going? I wouldn't come here and preach a message. This God told me to. I love Brother Chapel and this ministry way too much to do that. But someone's going to map be real about a place called hell. I'm going to start the invitation. If you're here today, I'm not trying to make someone doubt. I'm not trying to be emotional. 
But Paul thought he was going to heaven and he was deceived. Nicodemus, many people, I don't care about them. I care about the ones in this room here today. Have you been deceived? Would you allow me to take 30 seconds and just simply beg you, whatever you do, don't die and go to hell. And I mean that. Whatever you do, don't die and go to hell. But what if they think, I don't care. But she thinks, I'm, I don't care. But the ministry, I don't care. I don't care. But whatever you do, don't die and go to hell. Can you just stay seated for a minute? Can we pray? Father in heaven, it really is the greatest decision we make on this earth in this lifetime. And God Almighty, I just pray you speak gingerly. Would you help us? Would you please help us? Now, this is going to be a very ginger time with all of us. I'm going to actually be very quiet just for a moment. Would you allow, would you allow this, this preacher just for a few minutes to help? A flood of thoughts are going through your mind. Am I? Have I ducked the invitations? Do I know? Am I confused? Am I doubting? Have I been deceived? I'm going to ask as you're sitting, if you truly believe God has spoke to you at a chapel, at a Bible college, to get this thing settled. I'm not going to die and go to hell. I got to settle this. With every head bowed, every eye closed, very private here. If that is you today, right now, I'm not going to die and go to hell. I'm going to get this thing settled. That's me. That's me. If that is you, would you be so kind, very gingerly, very gingerly, just to lift up your hand and say, this is me. I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to make sure I'm going to heaven. Would you lift up the hand right now? That's me. God bless you. Is there another? God bless you. Is there another? God bless you. All the way back, God bless you. Is there another? Come on, folks. Come on, folks. Brother Rue, I don't know for sure. I, I'm, look, look, I'm not trying to cause you to doubt. I'm not trying to cause you to get mixed up. I just want anybody to die and go to hell. Anybody else, just slip up the hand. Slip up the hand. Please be honest with him. Those that have already lifted up your hand, would you be so kind? No one else is looking around. Would you look up here for a minute? Would you look up here? Thank you. 
thank you and thank you back here. I can't make you do this, but you got to get this settled. Got to get this settled. Those of you that just raised your hand, looking up here, would you do me a kind favor? This is a big step. Would you please just stand to your feet? Just stand. Wonderful. Others, would you just stand? God bless you. Others, stand here. See, I didn't raise my hand, but I want to stand. Please stand. Please stand. Please stand. This is the greatest day of your eternal life. I saw some others made that raised their hand. That's fine. I'm not here to separate. I'm not here to do anything like that. I'm just trying to help. I understand it may be just a little bit awkward, but I don't want to be awkward. But I'm going to ask you to kind of just step out where you are and just come right down here, if you will. If you just step out and come. Just just step out and come. Dr. Getsch is going to help and no one better than he or to assign someone. But may I just say this to you? It takes a lot of work and a lot of lack of pride to say, I got to get this settled. But you'll never agree you've done that. There's another one coming. Is anybody else? Remember, don't, don't let a chance go by. Don't let a chance go by. So, well, boy, I think I should come. I think I should come. I don't know if I can do this. Why is everyone going to think? They're going to think 1,000% for you. They're going to be so happy for you. Please do not miss a chance that God has orchestrated. Does anybody else want to just slip out of the seat? Come on forward, please. Please, please. Would you come? Would you come? Can you just go to the side right over here and brother guest if you want to sign someone to deal with them? Go right with him, please. Others, others, some are still coming. Wonderful, just wonderful, wonderful. Would you be so kind, the rest of you, look up here for a minute and as you stand to your feet. If anything has made West Coast Baptist College and Lancaster Baptist Church the ministry of light that it is, it's been this ministry called Winning Souls to Christ. If we don't believe in hell, if we don't think of hell, we will never become good soldiers. Now, some have come to make that decision. But I wonder how many today will make a decision. I am going to tell somebody. I'm going to tell a dad. I'm going to tell a mom. I'm going to tell a daughter, sister, brother. I'm not going to hold this stuff anymore. Never be unkind. I was not unkind today. I'm not a mean man. I'm not. But I'm not going to let someone die and go to hell. I'm not going to do that. And maybe we don't have that fervor for soul winning, but God wants us to have it. There's more people in this world today and less Christian workers today than ever before. And if we don't do our job, who's going to lead them to Christ? Students of West Coast Baptist College, I beg you, 
I beg you, would you truly be a soul winner? Would you help people? They're not bad. They're not wicked. They're just lost. And they don't even think about it. They don't even think about it. Would you commit yourself today to say, I will be a soul winner?